0: welcome to the fab lab podcast i'm your guest host ed young aaron is still out gallivanting around the western part of the u.s taking some well-earned time off with his family this week we'll talk about the fact that you know we all know the heads of a lot of these very visible and and very helpful organizations in our industry uh nsi Esfa, artisan group rockheads places uh, groups like that and all of them do great work And these visible people out in front of these organizations are great leaders, and and they drive a lot of this. But what we also know is that most of it really wouldn't get done without talented, effective, and bright people who just really put a lot of hard work in behind the scenes to pull all this together. These are folks that I refer to as unsung heroes. These are the folks who do all the dirty work, but rarely get any credit for the outcome. But before we get to this week's interview, let's hear a word from the sponsor for the Fab Lab podcast.
1: Hey there, stone shop owner. The current labor market definitely creates a problem for stone shop owners who are super busy and struggling to find employees. This creates an almost unimaginable problem for a stone shop who loses a highly skilled installer to an injury or to a better career opportunity in another industry. Imagine the impact to your schedule profits and morale if you lost your best installer at a time when your workload is at an all-time high the cost to your company would be enormous but there is a solution the solution that over sixteen hundred stone shops have found the no lift install system it dramatically improves install performance employee retention and quality of life for the installer not to mention reduced risk of broken counters reduced dependency on shop labor and lowering costs and improving profits Nolift System is offering $250 freight discounts, so visit NoliftSystem.com to get pricing and information. Again, mention this episode number and get $250 off the freight for your Nolift System. Visit NoliftSystem.com today.
0: Gina Gardner is one of these unsung heroes of our industry. She's been behind the scenes of several initiatives that you're probably familiar with. I think you'll be interested to find out uh, what's, what's happened with some of those and, and what her role was. And in this episode, not only do we talk about Gina's background and the things she's done in this industry, we're also going to spend some time and pick her brain on how to apply the skills that she's got to your business so that you can help improve visibility for your business and and help you out. So here's our discussion with Gina Gardner. Hey, Gina, welcome to the Fab Lab podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me in. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Well, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, you're in my mind, you're, uh, you're a bit of a legend in the industry, uh, kind of a behind the scenes legend, what I call one of the unsung heroes. And uh, just really glad that you had some time. We could talk a little bit today.
2: Well, I really appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate the time too. Super. Um, before we get into
0: what you've been doing in this industry, can you kind of give us a, a little bit of an outline of what you did before you got into this crazy countertop fabrication business?
2: Oh, it's definitely crazy, um, and it seems like I can barely remember what I did before I got into it since it was 2004, but um, I worked for advertising agencies, um, worked for hospitals. I've done both commercial and residential real estate um, engineering, and since I'm in Texas, I even did PR for a barbecue school.
0: <laughs> a barbecue school? Any Anybody yes. that we would know or just uh, what what well,
2: it's um, it's called Brisket U for Brisket University, and it's a couple of advertising agency guys that uh, that formed it, and it was just a couple of classes. Now they're in like three states; they're going like crazy, um, and uh, it was just so much fun to uh, to do PR for that event, as you can imagine. Well, and
0: I can imagine the the fringe benefits of getting to uh, to taste test some of the uh, product <laughs> probably was a lot of fun too, wasn't it?
2: It was great, and they host the events at breweries.
0: Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) Brisket and beer—that's a lethal combination, right there,
2: man. (laughs) That's a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's it's fun when you find jobs like that that've got a little fringe benefit to them, isn't it? Yes, sir. So, um, you know, part of how I first off, I I like the fact that Aaron had interviewed uh, Larry Hood. You know, for yes. uh, for for podcasts, I thought that was great to give him some visibility. And then I saw, I'd been thinking about interviewing you for my podcast. I, I haven't really cranked up the the sort of week to week version of that yet. I'm still doing about one a month. And uh, this opportunity Aaron came up, so I thought I'd go ahead and 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 talk with you for Aaron's podcast. But then I saw your uh, your article in Stone World, um, and that was that was just a really good uh, really good overview and some really good coverage for you. I thought.
2: Yes, sir. It was. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. And I'll be happy to do your podcast too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out, did you lose a bet or something to get into this industry or
2: or was, you know, how did that come about? Oh, for sure. It feels like it some days, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't trade it. Um, I was actually working at an advertising agency and Silestone was our client. And then they, decided they wanted to start promoting Cosentino as well as Silestone to make it a bigger um, whole brand and the whole company, instead of just one product line. And they hired me on over there as the PR director.
0: Wow. Okay. So now that was baptism um, by
2: fire. back in, you said about 04, five, something like that. Yeah. 2004 in my very first day of work was January 18th at the tie show. So I met all my coworkers, All my clients, all the media, everything in one day at the show just showed up and didn't know a soul. So that was my baptism by fire that continued throughout Cosentino.
0: Holy smokes. Well, uh, Uh my guess is you probably rolled with that pretty well.
2: Well, I surely tried, but I definitely thought about running several (laughs) times throughout the day, but (laughs) it ended up being a really good gig, good company. A lot of great experience. My gosh, we got hundreds of articles and TV spots and,
0: uh, ended up being a great opportunity. DuPont, I think came out with the first quartz product, uh, Zodiac, um, several years prior, but from my, my time in the industry, it seems like the, the ad work that Cosentino did really kind of raised the visibility of quartz as a viable product for homeowners. Is that kind of your
2: take on it? Uh, yes, it is. We, we put so much into the education. We felt like the category really wasn't growing because consumers did not understand what were the benefits and what was so great about it. They still couldn't understand what it was. So um, we really took an education focus and every thing that we did on educating them, why it's a great material, why it's, why it's so low maintenance, why it's the best choice for you. And so um, that just went like crazy. And I think it really, um, made the entire category visible for everybody, not just for us, but um, we were still on top for a pretty long time. Yeah, I think
0: I'd agree. Um, I'm just kind of thinking back through my 20 years or so in the industry. And, and I really think that was kind of a turning point for courts as a product. Obviously, there are a lot of other players out there these days, but it's, uh, I didn't realize when we were talking, when we, were, we set this up, that I'd be talking with the person who was probably primarily, majorly responsible for making courts a viable product in the industry. That's, that's pretty impressive.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll take some credit, but, uh, Roberto Contreras is definitely a good, a a good leader, good visionary. Uh, he gave us all the information that we needed to make it happen. So definitely going to give him credit where credit's due, but he, uh, he let us run with our ideas and it was just a really, um, good environment to, to say whatever he wanted to say. He was very open to that. And that's, uh. That's kind of rare. So it was really
0: fun. Yeah. It's great to have that kind of support and that kind of latitude.
2: Yes. You guys, uh, I remember
0: some some interesting commercials for Cosentino. <laughs> uh, something about Dennis <laughs> Rodman and um, uh, let's see. We had Star Trek involved, I think. Uh, you've, you, I think you've got mm-hmm. some pretty interesting stories in, in some of those, uh, those instances.
2: Yeah. You would think that Stone and stone tools and all that would be really boring, but I've actually had some pretty crazy opportunities. Um, yes. Somebody decided, I think it was actually Mike Albrecht, who is the owner of Brisket U that I mentioned earlier. He was at the ad agency that thought of the Super Bowl ad. So they helped do that, put it all together. And then our job was to promote it. And um, I sent it out to, you know, sports. It was on ESPN. It was on everything previews of the spot and I actually went, um, on the filming of the day that Dennis Rodman was there and walked in to just see if I could say a quick hello. And he was doing the bathtub scene. And so he comes out in his underwear and I got to meet, meet him with red hair in his underwear. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is awkward. All right. So yeah, that was one insane opportunity. He scared my son was two or three at the time. And he was like, wow. ah! this big tattooed guy with red <laughs> hair and his underwear. So, so not the meeting we expected. Yeah, (laughs) and then, and then, um, speaking of Evan, Evan Kruger and I had the opportunity to promote his sports brand, and um, I had talked to a producer I dealt with for many years at Cosentino, and um, we ended up in William Shatner's home for a three-part series on DIY Network for remodeling it, remodeling Shatner. Holy smokes! Met him, his wife. Uh, crazy thing is uh, Cesar Milan was there training their Doberman so it was just madness at the house there were like 50 contractors doing three different television shows all at the same time so Evan may love me or hate me for launching his, uh, his material in that but it was definitely experience and he I got to meet him briefly but Evan got to spend two days with Shatner and his wife Elizabeth Wow! and um, it was a very cool opportunity and he got some good coverage out of that
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. You've, uh, you've rubbed elbows with, uh, with a lot of folks out there. A lot of, a lot of well-known folks.
2: Yes, for sure.
0: Super. I guess that's uh kind of part and parcel of being in the kind of the public relations type, um, type role, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it can be very exciting. It's, uh, very crazy. I always say any, if there's anything left over at a company that no one has assigned to them, they give it to the PR person. So, we get to see and do some really weird things. In addition to, in addition to the kind of glam side, there's a side that's uh kind of down and dirty, whatever. I even, one time we were, we were split for time and I even went and got one of the executives dry cleaning actually for them because I'm a team player. And I was like, if that's what it takes to get you to sign these papers, I'm going. So <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty crazy times in this, in this business.
0: I think it's a great example of, people who have lots of talent a a great work ethic who are committed to an outcome and Mm -hmm. who are willing to do whatever it takes to to make something happen and and i kind of kind of put uh and i use the term unsung heroes you know folks like you who work behind the scenes that you know they they would never uh tie you together with the shatner you know shatner deal or Mm -hmm. the dennis Rodman commercial any of that but if you hadn't done the things that you did those things probably wouldn't have happened and certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have come off as well as they did. So uh, I just think that's, that's pretty awesome that we've got folks like you in our industry.
2: Well, thank you. Go on. I've got time.
0: No, I I You know, you you get all these uh, people who run all these organizations, you know, artisan group and, uh, and NSI and, and all the rest of them, which are great groups, but it really takes, it takes a lot of folks behind the scenes to, for those, folks to perform well and to, to deliver the, the programs and results that they do for our industry. It, it really takes a lot of folks to do that. And that's why I'm glad we're talking to you today, because I think this is a great example of, of some of what it takes to, to get these results in our industry.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I know that people ask me what I do. And, you know, I tell them and explain it. And they're like, well, where's your name? Why aren't you on it? What are you doing? I'm like, my job is to not be on it. It's to get the client on there and get them the recognition. So yeah, sometimes you get a little like, oh man, I did that. I want to be on TV with Shatner. But you know, the whole point is if you do your job well and you're proud of it, it doesn't matter because you know it and the client knows it.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. Super. Yeah. So Cosentino for a while and and then you've done some other things in the industry.
2: Yes. Um, Artisan group hired me way back in the day, again, because of Evan got me the opportunity. Evan Kruger Kruger got me the opportunity to uh, present in front of the group and the board and everything. So um, again, walked into a room full of strangers and I was like, is Evan sure this is okay? And it was, I mean, the who's who of the industry, all in this hotel ballroom in Orlando and walked into there, just created, they asked me to create my own job. And basically, what could I do for them? My history. So, I had this whole PowerPoint song and dance, and I had no idea what was going to happen of that. And they were looking for a one year contract just to be known more in the industry so that they could um, do group buys and everything better off. So, I was doing all that for a one year contract, um, which ended up being over nine years. Wow. <laughs> With the artisan group. And then so I much, still do freelance.
0: So much for a short term deal. Right.
2: I tell you, but it was (laughs) wonderful. They are an amazing group of people. We started out trying to promote within the industry, business to business, all that type of thing. And then it ended up expanding into consumer. Um, I built out all their social media sites, you know, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, house, everything like that and uh they gave me a lot of leeway to just say what do you think you should do and i'd be like all right here's your new pinterest site okay (laughs) and so it was a lot of fun a lot of cool adventures with those people and um just a just a wonderful group of people work at that group and i had a lot of a lot of fun and we made a lot of progress and now they're out there and well known and you know i'm real proud of them
0: super awesome job i think artisan was um Aren't they probably one of the early, um, I call them industry, kind of a paid membership group? I mean, I know NSI has been around a long time and and ISFA and and folks like that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Artisan and Rockheads are more of kind of a peer-to-peer in a lot of respects. Uh, They they kind of have a little bit of a different focus than some of the, you know, like the ISFA, NSI type work. And I think they were kind of the first one in that model, weren't they?
2: Yes. Um, They started out as a small granite buying group. And they just wanted to get more influence. And mainly they uh, went on fishing trips because that's their thing. They all are fly fishers. (laughs) They went on fly fishing trips and came up with plans and they started doing granite buying together. And then that eventually evolved into having their own lines of all kinds of stone with warranties, with everything. They were the first in the industry to be um, stone certified. Well, was MIA now, NSI certified. Um, They were the first group to do that. They were instrumental in creating, um, those standards as well. So they're always trying to elevate, uh, that category and elevate fabrication and make sure that the best people are there doing the job. So.
0: Excellent. What, what year did you start with them?
2: I started with them in
0: 2009. Oh, nine. Okay. That was about the time that I was running Evan's shop. Um, the the fab shop that I ran was Evan Kruger's shop. And it was in that oh eight, oh nine, ten kind of time frame that I was I was doing that. So um, I don't know if we ever cross cross paths or not. I was was heads down trying to trying to get things dialed in and, and help him and Andy make make some good money and uh, build a good business. And we kind of saw the recession coming, so we were doing a lot of work getting ready for that as well. So um,
2: well, awesome. See, you were making things happen all behind the scenes too. So <laughs> well, there we were. There you know, that's,
0: <laughs> that's right. That's what it takes, man. That's what it takes. So you did the artisan group for for quite a while, and then uh, what happened after that?
2: Um, actually, they were they had merged with a whole bunch of different companies. Well, the parent company, Architectural Surfaces, so they basically went from having me as the PR and then one marketing person on staff to having twenty. 20- locations with whole marketing departments, you know, when they started merging and and acquiring all these businesses, uh, the parent company, artisan group. So kind of, you know, kind of didn't need, (laughs) didn't need that extra help anymore. I'd paved the way and they just took it and ran. And that's totally fine with me. I still do some projects here and there for them. But I was out at one of my, um, just a freelance artisan group when I met the owner of baby industries before rick got there so this was rich um and then i met rick four months later when he came on Mm -hmm. and thought that would be the the end of that um because you know he really likes people in the office and he's like well i'll just go ahead and meet with you and hear what you have to say and i showed him my book of uh, different research that I had done on everything the company had ever done, where they were going, where they needed to go, associations, trade shows, PR, media targets, everything. And um, I've been working with him ever since that day. So it's five years I've been there. Wow. I've been working uh, consulting and they just put me on staff actually a couple months ago. Oh, wow.
0: Well, yeah. super. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So, what types of things are you doing for BB Industries? Um, any any
2: initiatives you can talk about? Ooh, it is growing so fast. Um, since I've been there, we've doubled the number of employees, and most of that has been outside sales staff, some inside sales staff. So, it's been a whirlwind. It's been crazy. As a matter of fact, in addition to PR, I've uh, helped them with Slippery Rock Gazette sales, um, kind of created the online and e-blast so that we have a little more electronics in, in addition to our print. And then also I helped Rick as um, his executive assistant to kind of project manage, and kind of help some, some operations and fun stuff like that. So Kind of have about three jobs over there, but it keeps me busy and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, always an adventure. Um, I don't even know the most exciting thing we've done there. We've done a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Cool.
0: Good. Um, are there some other uh, organizations that you're currently working with uh, in the industry? Um,
2: um, not in the industry. I have a couple outside the industry that I've been working okay. with. Um, always
0: well, weird stuff. Huh? I was thinking you had mentioned maybe you were doing some
2: stuff with Women in Stone, possibly. Oh yeah, well that's that's volunteer for fun. That's um okay. yes, I've been working with Women in Stone for many years now, and um, I think I have had about four mentees from their mentoring program, which I think you're also involved in.
0: Yeah. I've got my first uh, mentee I'm working with now. Yep.
2: Your first one. All right. Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's been such, it's such a great program. And like you said, there are men involved too as mentors and um, it's such a positive thing to just get people who are interested in coming to the industry, give them a boost, help them coach them. Um, And then sometimes people who may have been in the industry, but just don't know still the contacts and who to get in touch with. And, I tell you what I've learned from them as much as they've learned from me. You know, I've taught them my old ways of being in the stone and just knowing everybody, and they have taught me all kind of new technology and new ways to look at things fresh ways. So I think it's um, such a benefit to everybody involved in it, and I really love doing it. My mentee now is just a wonderful. She's got a master's in writing. Wow! And then, but she had no stone experience so paired Mm -hmm. her up with use natural stone and she's doing articles for them and it's just been a real positive good thing
0: cool well i'm sure you've got a lot of contacts you can share with with your mentees and women in stone um but i would imagine there's there's probably some good coaching opportunities um uh, just in terms of how they do what they do Uh, what types of, of subjects do you cover with with some of your mentees outside of just helping them make good contacts and that sort of thing
2: Oh, goodness. Well, um, it depends on each one has been so different. Some of them had no marketing skills and they were just kind of thrown into that job. Because like I said, if some, sometimes we don't know what what else to do with you, we'll just go do marketing because anybody can do that. No, they can't. <laughs> but um, so I've taught just general marketing. I've taught them how to write speeches. I've written outlines for them. Um I've had one that was very shy. So I've tried to, you know, coach her into being more aggressive and, you know, working with even working with her teammates or, you know, her fellow employees and say, you know, this is would be a good way to communicate because, you know, what do I do? How do I tell them this? So it's, it's been just a, a whole mixture of things, just about every subject.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's uh in the kind of work that I've done through my career, I've coached a lot of people and uh, Mm -hmm. I really like what women in stone is doing a chance for, for folks to, or for, for women to, to learn from other people. And, and it's really a lot of fun challenging them and, and helping them grow and seeing them become more successful. I think that's just a great initiative.
2: Yes. It's, it's a really great program and I'm just really happy to be a part of it. Okay, cool. Um,
0: Obviously, they in Women in Stone they try to pair up the mentees and mentors based on expertise and that sort of thing. And with your background, it, it's obvious that most of yours would be working in marketing and PR and that sort of thing. So you're, in addition to working with the Cosentinos and BB Industries of the world, you're also working, at least in a in a mentor role with individual stone shops. And I would imagine that as you're doing that, um, you know, you've you've probably got some really good recommendations on. What say a typical, you know, million, two million, three million dollars sort of a small on the small side stone shop could do to increase their visibility and improve kind of their their um, their visibility in, in their community? Um, what I'm thinking about is we've got something coming at us economically over the next year or two—a soft mm-hmm. landing, recession. Who knows? And I'm thinking, you know, this may be a really good time to offer some suggestions on what some of these shops can do for themselves to sort of get ready for this and, and maybe help them be in a better position going through a, a soft landing or a recession.
2: Yeah, we went through this, obviously everybody in 2008 and what a nightmare. And um, what, you know, what the first thing is, everybody says is I'm not doing marketing, you know, because times are going to be tough. And that is just such a mistake because, you know, it, you, the last thing you want to do is totally take your name out of people's top of mind, you know. You may have to decrease it a little. Um, you may do something like that in trying times, but you definitely want to keep some form of your company name out there and to be people's top of mind because when it does come back, you want to be ready. You want you don't want to disappear. Um, working with fabricators for this many years, I find it so funny and frustrating and crazy that you ask them, what are you doing that's newsworthy? And they always say nothing, absolutely nothing. We're not doing anything. You know, one of them had done Carmen Electra's house, you know, and, you know, it's like, what do you mean? Nothing. That is so cool. It's so exciting. And you did it in blue, electric blue. I mean, that's like a newsworthy thing. So um, I'm always amazed that they say nothing. So what I did was I made like little checklist sheets and said, you know, have you hired new people? Have you done a really cool installation? Um, have you participated in charity events? Do you do donations? One of the the coolest stories I had heard years ago was they had given away a free kitchen to an educator every single year for about ten years, oh, and wow. they also do it for a first responder, and they had never told anyone. <laughs> and I was like, oh my <laughs> god! And the teachers like waited in line, and they had an assembly where they gave it away and everything. So, wow. I mean, it would be cool visual and everything, and they had never even shared it. So something just like that, show the teacher who won, show what what they did with their kitchen, um, you know, and talk about this thing that you've done for a decade. I mean, that's goodwill in the community that's keeping your product top of mind and just make, making you look like really good people, you know, for giving that away to first responders and teachers. Well, sure, and and obviously they're not, doing the
0: giveaway to go pound their chest on how great they are doing it because they really have the right right um motivation to do that what i'm wondering is as you know when you when you've got a company who does a fabricator who does things like that and maybe they're working you know with animal shelters or with Mm -hmm. other community initiatives what are some good ways they can kind of get the word out about that i'm i'm you know, uh, being an old fart like I am, I think, you know, know, radio and newspaper and that kind of stuff, but there's so many more avenues these days. What are some of the things that, that folks could think about doing with that information and how should they get that out there?
2: Okay. Well, a good example of that we did for the BBI 25 year anniversary, we decided to do 25 good deeds Oh my God, that was crazy. When you awesome. we only had thirty-two employees at the time, and so twenty-five <laughs> good deeds was a lot. Yeah. So um, basically, they went to shelters, they walked dogs, they took care of that, they cleaned the graves of soldiers at memorial cemeteries, they did cancer a cancer walk, they did all kind of things. They did Habitat for Humanity. Uh, it was amazing to see and to be a part of, and that is actually some of the most news coverage we've ever received for one single, you know, event because it was several events. But um, so not only did we do, you know, press release, we did social media. We, of course, I had to coordinate with all of the associations and everything, get their permission, get people's names for photos. I mean, it's very in depth because you have to maybe sometimes get their board of directors approval, then, you know, your staff. So it's a big deal and photo, um, uh, getting photo permissions and everything but in addition to sending to um b2b media we also did our social media i also contacted them to post on their social media mm-hmm. then and that helps a lot and then we got um sent to all of the industry associations you can do that and ask them hey you know nsi can you please put this on your web page can you put it in your e-newsletter can you do all these things so um, it's, it's a long process, and it takes hours and hours, even after all the deeds you know, were completed. But it's worth it because it was just everywhere. And I was proud of our team because they did a lot of amazing volunteer work. And the, the associations were happy to help us promote because it helps them, too, gets them more participants. So there's a lot of, a lot of avenues out there.
0: All right. So, you know, doing what, what BB industries did 25 good deeds to celebrate a 25th anniversary. That's, that's certainly Mm -hmm. a huge initiative. I'm thinking about, you know, a $2 million fab shop that has been sponsoring the little league team, you know, or maybe they do regular donations to the animal shelter. Maybe they put a, you know, a free countertop in the reception desk of the animal shelter, you know, or something like that. Um, not nearly as involved as what you mentioned for the, the 25, deeds but if we were to take a a hypothetical $2 million shop on the smaller side, doing something simple, like what I mentioned, um, what are some basic, just some really simple things that they could do? You know, they'll, they'll take photos of what happened, maybe shoot some video uh, talk to the organization to see Mm -hmm. what, you know, that they helped out to get them to help promote. But what else, um, what I'm trying to do is find something really simple that this shop hypothetical shop could do to promote something just a single event or single activity
2: well okay so you say you just did one at the veterinary office or you did some volunteer stuff there you're saying give them maybe a countertop there
0: right yeah Yeah.
2: definitely the biggest mistake everybody does is not take pictures you know and if you did that for them of course they're going to let you go and take a picture and share it so pictures video all that for social media you can send that to all the industry news, national news. And and even if you might not get a national job, which you might, then you can still share it with, you know, one of the groups with, you know, of course, Slippery Rock, Stone World, any of those, you can get some recognition. You can share it with um, NSI, with ISPA, with anybody like that and get that in their news. It's goodwill. And you never know if you do commercial work, you might get something from that from anywhere in the United States. Okay. So... Um, I would say, again, social media associations, people do not use that enough. You're already paying membership and being a part of it. You might as well ask them to help share news. And most of the time they're looking for news. So um, you could could even, if you wanted to go wild, you could even send it to, you know, veterinary magazines or anything like that, because you never know if there's people that were looking for that. So just think about the industry that they're in as well as the one you're in. Little league, same thing. Just get pictures and video, get them to share it. They might have uh, something, a newsletter that goes out to her email, that goes out to the parents. And if you're the one who provided that, that's going to make you first in their book, right? If they need to redo their kitchen or something. So it really could turn into a lot of leads and people don't do those opportunities because they think they're either beating their own chest or, you know, oh, it's just too small to worry about, but it really can get you leads. Yeah. And what I'm thinking too is,
0: all right, the natural exposure in the organizations is great, certainly the industry exposure, but from a local standpoint, and I'm thinking, you know, the uh, economic slowdown coming down, increasing your visibility. So you've got some more opportunity for sales. Um, When you share on social media, a lot of people will think, okay, well, I'll share it on my social media account for Joe's Fab Shop. Um, But then you can also probably get your employees to pick it up and share it on their pages, which expands the, the reach, right?
2: I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, we have to remind everybody all the time. Everybody's busy with their job and do all that. But we say, go on to our company social media and share that onto yours because that's a whole other audience right there, readily available. So a lot of people do forget about that and that, that will expand it. I mean, how many percent? Say you've got 10 employees and some of them may have 500 contacts. I mean, that's free, quick, and you've already provided the message that you want, you know, the editing that you want. And so it's ready to go. Yep. Thanks so for right. reminding me, Ed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, part of what made me think about that is I've got some clients who are dealing with the whole labor situation these days. And yes, what they're right. doing is, yeah, they're posting their ad on, on for to hire somebody for on their social media page, but then they're asking their employees to go share that. And so the reach and the number of prospects that they get and applicants they get really goes up when they do
2: that. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, We are seeing just jobs left and right. And anytime I see a job on LinkedIn, I post it on Slippery Rocks LinkedIn, just to make sure that it goes further, because I know everybody's desperate to get good help right now.
0: Yep. LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. do a lot with um, some of the others, Instagram and Pinterest and all that. But those are all, um, is there a difference in how maybe you should put the message out there on those different uh, venues?
2: Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, um, Facebook, you can do video, you can write as long as you want. Obviously, Twitter, you've got to shorten it down, change the message a little bit. LinkedIn is a totally different message um, in everything that we do. And we just put certain content there and, of course, write it in a a different way. We actually are. (laughs) Um, Well, Andrew at our office is actually working on trying to do some TikTok videos versus our YouTube videos. And boy, is that a different format and a different audience. And I'm glad he's the one doing that. But um, he's really come up with some creative things, but all of them are very different. And you definitely don't want to share every message you know, with every person, but you can do a lot. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention, you can even cross over with some other publications. Like we cross over with Stone Update and they have a Slippery Rock couple of pages in their uh website that we um exchange with them so that we get to their audience and then we give them room in our publication so because we have probably 90 percent fabricators and stone update has a little bit different audience and so we just share so you can also do that trade out to reach different audiences
0: okay cool you know, you're talking about video. Um, one of the things I talk to, to clients a lot about is, you know, if you go pick, find a list of 10 fabricators, either in your area or even in, in other cities, other states, you go look at their websites. Mm-hmm. After about three or four websites, they all kind of look the same. And, and, yes. I, and, and it's the, yes, yeah, it's the professional photo or the semi-professional photo. And it's got the right, you know, the right depth of field and the right aspect and, and view and all that. But I'm finding that, um, in fact, uh, Aaron Crowley was uh, was telling me this. Actually, his marketing guy for No Lift was telling me this. They started doing short video snippets of people using the No Lift cart, for mm-hmm. example. A- and I will plug No Lift is a sponsor of the Fab Lab podcast. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but I, it's it's that's not the point. The point is the video that not just a video of of just uh, panning around a kitchen. But Mm -hmm. a video of some of the fabrication of that kitchen, a video of the install process, just short pictures of that really kind of draws people in and gets them involved. I mean, the whole home improvement shtick on TV, I mean, the HGTV kind of stuff is just going crazy lately. And people, you go to YouTube, you know, how to videos and all sorts of stuff, take that approach, build that into some of your social media and really get people involved, whether you're promoting something you did for the Little League Mm -hmm. team or just showing what your folks do day in and day
2: out. Videos are so powerful and they are what people want to, to look at these days. They really are. And I know that they are much more time intensive to do, but it's worth it. And you're right. People are just want knowledge. They want to go and say, how's this done? How do you do it? It also shows personality of your staff. You know, we started doing those I've been begging them to do uh, demonstrations forever and written scripts for them sometimes. Um, but we finally got a team going over there that did a really good job. And it just showed personality of the employee, personality of the company, what he goes through to test our products, which is you know very cool. And um, people love those. We started getting hits like crazy for instead of just, here's the blade, you know, here's how fast mm-hmm. this blade cuts, here's how this does going out to shops and demonstrating everything. And it just really has increased the viewership like crazy because people have enjoyed seeing real life situations. This is what he does in a day. And it gives personality, not only to that person, but also to your company in general. And like, he's funny. Andrew's funny when he does these. So everybody laughs and loves it. And it just really does help. So you're right. Videos are super powerful and we all need to designate somebody to make sure that that happens and that you share that because it can be, it
0: can mean a lot. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, you're talking about the videos you've done for the BB industries, employees doing demos and things like that. That's got to be a huge boost to your culture, to your employee retention, job satisfaction. I mean, folks, you know, our, our favorite photos are photos of us, right? I mean, yeah, our, our yes. favorite word is our Always. Own so, <laughs> you know, if you're doing, you know, you got to doing videos of your employees and it doesn't have to be you know, a 30 minute professionally produced, uh, episode, just a quick, you know, three, four, five, six minutes and and some quick conversation and make sure the lighting's kind of decent, shoot it with your cell phone and put it up on, on your, on your, your website or on your Facebook page. And now you're promoting that employee, making them feel good. They know that you appreciate them because you've done that
2: for them. Yes, you're right. Employees, get very excited about that feel proud and then their customers love it and they share it and that's been helpful too but um, and your customers like to be featured too so I try to use testimonials of them talking about what it's done in their shops and a lot of times you can only get written but when you get a video it's super win Um, and that is you know that's gold right there because they are saying I have your same problem and this is what I did and this is how this product helped me and it can help you too so those are, those are my favorites, but they're hard to get because fabricators are busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. And part of what I'm thinking about is obviously when you're doing, uh, you know, the, the 25 good deeds, that's a huge initiative. Uh, you, you know, we talk about putting together, you know, getting signed releases and then doing video and editing all that. That can really seem overwhelming to a shop owner that is already just slammed and covered up with work. Um, I, I think probably what I'm thinking about is that keeping things kind of supple. Yeah. Short releases, um, short videos. Don't focus on it being perfect. Just get something that that kind of gets the point across and is fairly easy to hear, understand, and the lighting's decent, so just so mm-hmm. you can see what's going on, and make sure that there's a point to the video. Yes, that, that, okay. There's something that you're trying to showcase. You're either trying to show the talent of an individual that's in your company, or you want to just show what the process steps are from making the good countertop yes uh, that kind of stuff but but just keep it kind of simple and focused and it really doesn't take a huge amount of time to do that
2: yeah perfection is the death of a lot of well-laid plans because people just say oh that's not perfect oh we can't send that out yes you can so the I, i'm with you to just make it short and sweet Um, People have very short attention spans these days and a short video, a short news release, who, what, when, where and why of what you're doing is the main five W's. And that is what you need to focus on and getting that out as quick as possible and with either a quote or testimonial to make it more powerful and and true. I mean, it's showing that that we live through this. This week, um, last Sunday was National Ice Cream Day. And so we've done this for a couple of years. We have put uh, ice cream on the tool trucks (laughs) since it's 105 half the places that we go, (laughs) including where I am. And we go and hand them out to the guys in the shop that are just sweating to death and try to cool them off. And so we did a short, short little, I mean, 20 second maybe video to promote it. And then we show a few pictures of the people at the shop enjoying it. They're doing it right now, actually, this week. And so, just that little thing is goodwill. It's you know, it's um, time sensitive, and we'll do some really short, easy things on that. And just something little like that can be a bit of news and get you get your name back out there. But definitely, short and sweet is the is the good thing to keep in mind.
0: Cool. Awesome. I think that's great advice. Uh, you mentioned the, the who, what, when, where, why of the, of a press release. I think you've got a a sample kind of a generic uh, press release you're going to share with us that we can put in the show notes so that folks can download that and look at it.
2: Yes. I have a, a little template of a news release that breaks down just everything that you need to complete it. Headline, dateline quotes, description, your call to action. You always want to have a call to action either go to this website for more information or give us a call, or sign up for this, so you want to have a call to action, otherwise you're just kind of, here's the news, and that's it, so um, I've got all of that, a template, and also some notes on that, on what to do with it after you get your your template, because like we said, it's not just for, um, you know, a magazine, or something like that, it's for associations, it's community things, it's Um, outlets whatever happens to fit the content of that particular news so if anybody uh, has any questions on any of those then they can contact me for me to give them a little extra help but there's a template that could get you started oh blogs too forgot about blogs definitely that's a good thing they can reach is um is your own blog or sending uh to somebody else's blog who covers that material
0: Okay, definitely.
2: Um, is your contact information on that template that
0: you're, that you're providing? You know
2: it, PR 101. Your information <laughs> is on everything.
0: There you go. Awesome, awesome. Well, that'll be in the show notes. And uh, I really appreciate you. I mean, your, your background is, is fascinating. You have really met some cool people, done a lot of really cool stuff, done a lot of great things for the industry. And, and thank you for that. But I really appreciate you sharing some thoughts on how fabricators can, can promote themselves a little bit better. Uh, again, we're not going out and thumping our chest just to do that, but you know, you are doing things in a community as a fabricator Mm -hmm. and it's good to just get the word out about that because that Mm -hmm. will increase your visibility. That's, that's, uh, to me, that's reputate reputational gold in a way. I mean, everybody's got the quotes on the website for the satisfied customers that's expected these days. That's not different. If you go out and do some short video, if you get a customer talking about you, you get a, a public uh, service thing that you're doing to help an organization and they say something, mm-hmm. you know, thank you is all they got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just raising that visibility is, is worth doing. It's worth taking the time to do. And I think as we, again, head into a, an unknown economic climate the next year or two, it'd be really good to, to start practicing some of this and, and yes. just um, just doing more of it. Cause I think it's worthwhile for shops.
2: Exactly. Okay. did? Well any, uh, any parting thoughts? Oh, wow, well, put me on the spot. I've been talking forever. <laughs> um, I, just, uh, I just think that I'm happy for the time that we've had, and I hope that I've helped somebody um, get the little boost they needed to get started to promote all the good things that they're already doing and just share it with everybody else. And um, I think we just all hang on to our hats, and we can make it through this slump and come right back like we have the others.
0: Super. Well, I do appreciate your time. Appreciate your input. And uh, look forward to talking with you again in the
2: future. Thank you so much, Ed. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Gina. Hope you have a great day. Thank you too. All right. Bye. Wow. What a great
0: interview. Gina's done so many interesting things in this industry and she's obviously just a wealth of information. Really appreciate the fact that she's provided some recommendations for you so you can learn how to promote your company better as well as a sample press release for us to share. You can find a copy of that in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. This was really a good one. Folks, we know there's some sort of economic downturn headed our way. We don't know the details, but it's coming. If you want to prepare your shop to succeed during this downturn, you may want to go to fabricatorsbusinessacademy.com and check out the 10-week workshop that will run from Labor Day to Thanksgiving. We've got a unique combination of financial analysis and marketing and sales experts who are going to provide tools and hands-on experience just for fab shops. There are only 10 slots available. So we've got the link in the show notes. You can go to fabricatorsbusinessacademy.com to find out more. Thanks for listening. Until next time, happy fabricating.